And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. First one from the nest. This is Sleep Dog with the Big Hulk. What's up, everybody? It's the Big Hulk coming at you from the nest. Uh, sleep. I love the office. I love the. I, I love it in here, guys. I'm really excited about this podcast, and I'm really excited about the new location. This is a great setup, and um, I would love to take this video and show some of our listeners what we got going on with the, when this thing is finished. Good lord, guys! Just wait. We are in downtown Raleigh, like heart of downtown, like high rise, like world headquarters. Sleephawk Worldwide Worldwide Headquarters uh, has got a fresh new. Uh, I don't know what you call it. Fresh new digs. Uh, we're gonna like we look like we're in an insane asylum right now because we got a desk and a computer and some microphones. And we ain't got shit else except some pictures laying on the floor. But we're gonna get there. And when we do, we may just add a video element to this some bitch. Um, but for today, <laughs> well, that's a little bit uh, <laughs> down the road. What else down the road is UNC transfer portal? Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit, potentially, uh, who some targets might be. Sam Howe waited and 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 finally got drafted by the Washington Commanders, which Sleep Dog's happy about. Hmm, he probably shouldn't be. We'll get into that a little bit. Playoffs, NBA. Uh, dude, just a couple great series going down right now. Great storylines. Uh, we'll talk about some of the hard fouls and maybe John Moran's dad, who's a little weird, uh, encroaching on sort of like – LeVar Ball uh, territory. Canes open the playoffs. We don't know shit about that, so we probably won't talk about it much, but they do play tonight as we're recording on Wednesday here. Um, Dave Chappelle got shit tackled out of him. Uh, that was kind of weird. I just found out about it right before we came on. Maybe even chat about that. Maybe chat about it. Who knows? Uh, but for now, we'll start with the transfer portal. Carolina's got everybody coming back. They're, done. They're signing recruits. This is like vintage Carolina, right? We're getting all the recruits we want. We're getting all the guys back we want. We're bona fide contender. And then comes the story, and I don't know how legitimate it is, whether it's even real or not, but like where there's smoke, there's fire. The dude from Baylor with the mullet that we all hated on because he's ugly and just, you know, weird looking. All of a sudden, he's up in the transfer portal, and he seems a lot more attractive right now because, uh, dude, Putting him in this mix, holy shit, man. Like that just that takes a great situation, in my opinion, makes it even better. Yeah, I would say there's a big void uh with uh Brady leaving. We saw how important uh he is to this team at the end of the Baylor game. Uh could have been a little exaggerated, but I think uh I think he would be a night a nice fit. I really do. And I think he would come in. Um he's a you know, experienced player, just like Brady, a lot of leadership. And, you know, it'd be nice. Um, you know, we got a squad coming back. But if you add him, you just throw a little fuel on the fire. Uh, this kid competes, plays hard. I would love to see him in the Carolina blue. Uh, listen, I drove through Baylor because I had to, you know, I drove to Texas uh, with the fact checker um, over the weekend. And that was a very, it's a long, it's a long drive. Don't make that one, guys. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I went through Baylor, and there's not a lot there. And mm. uh, I tell you this, UNC is the best, has the best campus. And, uh, you know, Carolina Blue, there's there's not a better-looking uniform out there. But uh, besides that, I think we've got one of the best teams in the country coming back. And he'd be a nice fit. He'd be one of those guys that could be a leader and spread the court and adds a lot to this team. And I think it'd be great to have him. Six nine two twenty five. 
very similar, it seems. I don't know how tall Manic was, but similar build. Only had nine points or 10 points, five boards last year, shot 40% from the field. I thought, you know, he was a little more prolific shooter than that, but there wasn't a lot to go around. I mean, he's on a kind of a stack team. Uh, shot 32% from three last year. Um, really, it looks like the year prior was the year he really was kind of clicking um, at Baylor. He was averaging almost 50% shooting from the floor, almost 40 from three. Is a little bit of a liability at the free throw line, it seems, which is interesting because, you know, a shooter like that, um, you know, this dude's best free throw percentage in any one season was 70%, and that was last year. Year prior, he shot 59. So, um, you know, this seems a little mental. I mean, you get your confidence yeah. and uh, you get clicking a little bit. And, you know, what I like about him most is he competes. Uh, you can break it down, throw the yep. numbers at me, which numbers and analytics are important at times. But the eye test and the way kids compete and play hard, uh, to me, says a lot more. And, um, yeah, I think he'd be a great ad. I, I don't know if it's true, guys. We're just talking about rumors and finding things uh, that are interesting to talk about on this podcast. Uh, but he would be a great ad. I really do believe that. And the fact that he has a mullet um, – you know, kind of adds another cool factor to dude, it. Dude, the best part about the mullet is he goes straight, no sideburn. And that is all in on a mullet, dude. Like, how do you go just like no hair below the ear, the top of the ear on the front? I mean, that is a savage mullet. That, that's the best mullet to have, I think. Well, that's the kind that Cam gets by accident. Well, Cam doesn't have the back part. He just does that uh, old no, no side. We used to call that in... Uh, <laughs> In high school, old sideburn Sally. Uh, <laughs> old belt sander. <laughs> um, guys, I mean, if you could, the camp sex and haircuts, are, they're comical. Uh, I mean, we could, have a, we could have a Netflix documentary on just how bad haircuts can get, mm. and he would, be the, he would be the final stage of like the epitome of what a bad haircut looks like. I would love to follow him and know him. What he pays for that chop, because um, it is a disaster. It's that last haircut before you decide, just go bald, man. Just shave it all, because God bless, dude. Uh, he's all excited about uh, Top Gun coming out. And I'm like, bro, Top Gun is wasn't good that great the first time around. Uh, it wasn't bad. Eh, Top Gun, not a bad movie. But it was the mm -hmm. second time, like, what the hell are they going to do? I, t I tell you what, I'm going to ruin this for everybody, but Tom Cruise is going to die. That's what's going to happen in that movie. In, in the movie or? Well, everybody's going to die in real life. And he, but he's Scientologist, so I don't know if they die <laughs> or what. But in the uh, movie, whatever his name is, uh, 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 Stallion or whatever, he's going to die. It's not Maverick. It's it not is Goose. Maverick. Yeah, okay. Isn't it Maverick? It's Maverick oh, yeah. and Goose. I was going to say, uh, um, you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah, anyway, the movie's like the same thing. It's like that movie could have been... 15 minutes long and instead it's two hours cam loves top gun Tan cam thinks he's gonna be like uh you know i think when i daydream like honestly like i'm like slam dunking a basketball or like you know hitting a grand slam or some shit in the world <laughs> series when cam daydreams it's like that he's tom cruise in top gun um there's two daydreams that go through cam's mind that has got to be one for sure mm-hmm and then I would say the second daydream is the Masters, Augusta, uh, Sunday, him and Tiger in a pairing, and Cam just getting his ass just <laughs> just hula hooping every putt, just lipping every putt out. I would, guys. There's there would there would be 
no more joy in my life if we watched a round of Cam play at Augusta oh my and God. just lip out every putt. Oh, my God. I hope Cam makes some tournament someday that I can watch him play on TV because, I mean, I'm going to wish the best on him, but I'm kind of be like biting my lip doing the whole Galifianakis thing when uh, he goes to putt those four-footers when there's some, some money on the line. Um, yeah, he's – I'm sideburns, buddy. Uh Call him afterburns. Uh, he's he's just yeah they they uh, invisible side. You got to camouflage sideburns, man. You can't see him. Um, so yeah. Anyway, Meyer would be a great ad, I think, right? But you know, basically, when I'm looking at the stat sheet here, sure, he probably um, you know steps up. You know, there's not a lot to go around always when you got a lot of scores, a lot of athletes on the team. So to your point, statistically, you know, you can look at it and it means one thing. But I ain't watched this guy a lot. Uh, saw him in obviously in the tournament, and he's he's a solid player, and he'd be a, a veteran sort of leader. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have some other veteran leaders on the team. All it is, all that matters at this point is the people we bring in, whether they're freshmen, whether they're you know fifth year seniors, whatever they are, do they gel with the with the with the team? And if they do, um, I think they're gonna they're gonna play a, a vital role for us. I do think the Kerwin Walton thing is just like sort of weird in a saga. So like. We didn't even chat about this before the show, but basically, so he entered the draft, which, mm-hmm. hey, look, everybody is entitled to do that. I, I would almost imagine that it probably wasn't even something that they wanted to be, you know, newsworthy. I think probably someone just figured that out. Um, nothing really wrong, frankly, with anybody going in and just seeing like, hey, like, where do I stand? Do I have a chance here of being a pro player? Uh, well, an NBA player is the the part to me. I'm like, dude, you play two minutes a game. Like, how yeah. do you go to the NBA? Um and then he entered the transfer portal. And again, I think that's good for him. I hate to see it because, dude, I remember, you know, we were shit his freshman year. And he was like our one sort of like heartwarming story, right? On a bad team, this guy just sort of pops up out of nowhere and was was a good good player for us. Not just a role player either, like a like an important one on that team. And then he just sort of, you know, didn't progress much from there. So I'm bummed out as a fan because he's one of those guys that you'd love to have there to, to keep cheering for. But, uh, you know, hey, man, everybody's got to do what's right for themselves. And let's face it, this team's getting crowded with talent um, and experience. And and so, you know, like anybody else, um, you know, wish him the best. So I don't know where he's going to end up, but. Yeah, I you know, I wish him the best as well. I You know, I'm, I would never come on a podcast and, you know, speak negatively of, of anybody, um, especially uh, if they play for the Hills. But one thing I will say um, about this whole situation, I think it's kind of difficult is because uh, throughout the year, you know, a lot of people thought that, you know, once Kerwin catches his stride, he's really going to help this team. And he never really figured that out. And I think a big, a big thing for Kerwin and, and um, you know, any young player is what, what, you know, what can you do positive for the team when you get in the game? And I think the thing that kind of hindered uh, Kerwin is, you know, he, he is a knockdown shooter. And when, you know, you got to expand your game mm-hmm. defensively, you got to evolve. And I think a tough thing is that this team, you know, as bad as they were the year prior, you know, this team grew and improved. And Kerwin didn't wasn't really a big part of that process, um, 
and I, I guess he felt a little left out. I don't know, but I don't ever know what's going on. Sure. And I wish the best for nothing, nothing but the best for Kerwin. Obviously, he showed his flashes, mm-hmm. um, you know, his freshman year, had a great freshman year, and I really thought he was going to take the next step. And I think he's capable of that. Um, but, you know, I, I hope he finds his fit. And obviously, sometimes, you know, when you don't have the year you want, I, you know, I'm not sure the NBA, you know, you just got to focus on uh, being present in the situation you're at and trying to make the most of that. So wherever he ends up, um, you know, best of luck to him. And, uh, you know, I'd like to see him succeed somewhere. Yeah, 100%, man. And it's weird. The NBA part of this is is, is just weird to me, notwithstanding mm-hmm. that part. I mean, here's how I kind of look at it. As someone that played junior college baseball, okay, like hey, my, my you know, story doesn't pale in comparison to – any of these like D1 guys. But it's like you have to make a decision for yourself. This is like my opinion on how I see what what's going on there. Is like what means more to you? Like if it's the the, the interesting element here is you got a chance to play for Carolina mm-hmm. and have as good a chance as any. You can never go in. It doesn't matter if you're the favorite to win the national title because you as more than just as much as anybody know how hard it is with a good team, great team to win a national champion. There's a lot of things that still have to go your way, right? Mm-hmm. But do you got to decide as a player this sort of stage? Like, if let's face it, I don't think Kerwin Williams is an NBA or Kerwin Williams is an NBA player, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to decide, like, hey, do I want to be on a team where I'm going to go out and I'm going to practice every single day, like my life depends on it, and I'm not going to get much burn, but. I have a chance to be to win a national championship at UNC at North Carolina. I mean, that's a that for I think most people are going to look at that and be like, "Wow, what what an opportunity!" Or do I just really love basketball and like I live to play in the games? So let me go somewhere where I can play in the games. And so, like, I think a lot of us feel like, "Well, why would someone ever leave UNC?" Well, man, if if you know that, hey, man, I got four years left to do what I love to do since I was a kid and I want to play and I'm not going to get to play here. So let me go to, you name the college, whether it's a, you know, someplace we hardly anybody ever heard of, or it's like a mid major or wherever. Like I don't have a problem with that. If you, if your goal is to play, I don't see that as being selfish. Um, so, you know, I hope he finds what, what, what he wants and, and, and can, um, you know, blossom a little bit. I wonder what happens. This is just something popped in my head. I wonder what happens if a player, because Kerwin will be a junior, right? Yeah. I wonder what happens. Like, say you go somewhere and you kind of like have a good year. And the next year, let's say at Carolina, people, you know, win the title. Baycott's gone. Love's gone. RJ's gone or whatever. You know, whoever. And a bunch of guys are gone. I wonder if you could transfer back to the school that you left. Is that even possible? I, I'm not sure. I'm um, totally like, – this is totally just yeah, – that, That's up. one like, qualm I have with the transfer portal, and a lot of people hate the portal. And the one thing I hate about the portal is it gives players – just it teaches players to just to like – you know, hey, blame somebody and go to a different situation. And you see players that end up in the portal multiple times. And I don't ever think that's a good mindset. If you're with the team, in my opinion, you should stay with that team until mm-hmm. the end of the year. Give it a few weeks and don't make an emotional decision. Um, and then decide what you want to do. Now, some people just love basketball. Some people just say, 
I want to play basketball. And this happens at the professional level. Um, you, you have guys that want to be part of a team, and uh, they want to play. And this happens in the NBA when you have guys that are you know, 11th or 12th man on a team that could be making a lot of money in China or Europe or whatever, you know, whatever the top leagues outside the NBA are paying, that are paying close to what the NBA has to offer. But they would be a much, you know, they would be a, uh, you know, monumental piece on that team, and they would be playing, having plays run, run for them. And this kind of happened for me after Charlotte is when I went to uh, China, and then I started getting play calls, and I started doing all these things. Sometimes in the NBA, you can fall into that role, defender, screener, rebounder, mm-hmm. uh, to You know, when your opportunity comes, you can score and things like that. Versus, okay, we're running this play for you. You got to mm-hmm. make this move and score. Uh, some people just enjoy the game, and that's a decision they have to make. But I've, obviously, that's a whole new level. And to keep things realistic, do I think Kerwin's an NBA player? No, I don't think he's an NBA player right now. Can he prove me wrong? Absolutely. Um, but um, you know, I you know, I don't know what he wants to do. If if, if that's his mindset, I would go somewhere where he's going to have a big opportunity. You know mm-hmm. he's going to play a lot, and he just wants to be the man. Yeah, I mean, you kind of you know, I like to talk a lot of terms of like ceilings and comparable players, and then. When you think about Carolina players that sort of have that role, you go to like Reggie Bullock, you go to Wayne Ellington, you go to Danny Green kind of guys. And like, I mean, honestly, like to me, Curran Walton just isn't even in the same no, stratosphere as those guys. No. You know what I mean? And I mean, those are the similar types of players. And again, like I hope he's, hope he does great. Yeah. I hope he goes somewhere where, and he just like proves us all wrong. Right. But like, uh, you know, we, we've kind of gone off on tangent a little bit on him. That wasn't the intention. Um, but he's, uh, you know, he's he, he's moving on. And let's face it, there ain't a whole lot of shit going on Carolina basketball or football to uh, to go in on besides that. So we'll see what how the how the transfer thing shakes out. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be football will be kicking up here in the next few months where uh, we actually might have uh, be able to understand one or two things going on. But one of the biggest things going on right now relative to football, Sam Howell. Fell to round five Mm. in the draft. And, you know, happily for old Sleep Dog, unhappily, honestly, if you're Sam Howell in his camp, is he wound up in Washington. So obviously, Washington signed Carson Wentz. I was actually, I really thought Washington, maybe even said on his show, that I thought Washington would be wise to look at him. Um, you know, with Wentz, so Wentz, I think they've got him one year at like $28 million, and then there's an option for year two. I, if I'm Sam Howell and I go somewhere where I can learn from a veteran quarterback, I would probably want to learn from someone besides Carson Wentz. However, um, there's potential here for this to be uh, – you know, a useful spot for him. I think the coolest part is so Washington's got Holcomb, Chase Holcomb, and they got Deami Brown. And I think Deami Brown is a good receiver. He gets virtually no snaps and no attention in Washington. And I am by no means a football expert. Um, but he's shifty, he's fast, and and I think he can catch. And, you know, you look two, three years down the road here, there's also some talks that there were talks that Washington might part ways with McLaurin, which would just be insane. I think McLaurin is literally one of the top five receivers in the league. He just doesn't have anybody to throw him the ball. 
I don't know, man. Like in a, in two years, if you look down the line and 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 Sam goes in, I, I think he'll work. I think he'll compete. You don't think he's as good as I think he is. Um, you know, I I could see it working out, and especially when you look at like some of the chemistry stuff. You look at Burrow and Jamar Chase. Um, kind of the the chemistry they built in college and carried the NFL. I think there's a couple other examples that I just don't know right offhand. But I don't know, man. It's um, I'm interested and intrigued to see. Uh, I'm pretty happy because I like Sam as a player, and then uh, obviously I like Washington, and it gives me a reason to cheer for a team that just continually lets me down <laughs> since I've since birth. But uh, yeah, it was kind of wild to you know a year prior. Here, here's the one thing that I'll say about. Sam's sort of draft stock. Everybody said he he took a step back when all those guys left. And I agree. You lost uh Javante Williams, you lost Michael Carter, you lost um gosh, who were they, they had uh Deami Brown, right? They lost some key players on offense. Mm-hmm. My point is, well, you've seen what he can do with pro level talent around him. Last year he didn't have that. So um I'm intrigued to see because I think he's a good player. Um, I don't think he's as tall as they say he is, but he's he's mobile. He's seen, they say he's really intelligent. Um, I think he's got a strong arm, right? So I don't know, man. I think that um, I think it's a it's a sleeper pick, man. I don't know. I don't know what nobody saw in the to, to let him fall the fifth round, but a lot of people don't need quarterbacks. Sleep. First of all, there's a few things uh, I want to address. First of all, we are experts. I, I've listened to these other experts, and we're we're beyond that. <laughs> yeah. So we are experts. Um, we're the media. Um, <laughs> second of all, um, my brother drove a truck, Greg, my older brother, that was just a banged up old Dodge, and uh, he drove that till the wheels fell off, and that thing had a lot of dents and damage to it. That is Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz <laughs> is banged up every year. And right now he is on. I don't know how he's moving, but I was wondering what this truck every, had to every, do with every every year yeah. it seems like Carson has some injury. And the year they won it, he had he set out with an injury. And then last year, I felt like you know towards the end of the year it was like ah we don't know if he's going to play or not. Blah blah blah. I think this could be a good situation for Sam. I'm not as high on Sam as a lot of people are, but I think this could work out. I think he could see big minutes early if you know Carson's uh, injury prone and he could step in right away. Uh, he's familiar with some of the receivers uh, from Carolina, and who knows? And this is one of those deals where maybe the year prior, if he would have left or could have left, um, he would have been a higher pick. And this is one of those things where. Uh, these pro scouts, the longer they get to watch you, they find out what you can't do and they put you under microscope and then they really start dissecting you. So maybe this is what happened to Sam as they started, you know, honing in, well, he can't do this. And they kept seeing it every time. And that happens a lot. And, uh, you know, you never know. I mean, Russell Wilson didn't go that high in the draft. Um, but, you know, it's all it's all about what you do once you get there. It's not about where you go in the draft. It's about what you do after. Uh, so he's got an opportunity in front of him, uh, much bigger opportunity than a lot of people have. So uh, it'll be interesting, and, and, you know, obviously we're pulling for him. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about, like, Malik Willis and some of these other quarterbacks, and nobody really, nobody really went high. I mean, the Kenny Pickett thing is interesting to me because – you know, he was in our conference and, you know, I don't, 
I don't know, man. Like, you know, Kenny Pickett doesn't just like jump off the page at me as like some, you know, star, but he was the only guy in the first round. A lot of teams, like I said, a lot of teams that need quarterbacks, which is, um, you know, indicative of, on one hand, like, I think Sam should have stayed in school. I get it. It's football, though. Like, I get why why guys go. And and who the fuck am I to say a guy should stay in school instead of going? I mean, it's their decision to make and, mm-hmm. and, and good on them for it. I'm not criticizing that decision. I'm just saying that, hey, he stays in next year. He might be, you know, singing a different song, right? Fine. He might not be. He might, uh, might be even worse off. So who knows? But, um, you know, I just think that he, you know, the draft position falling – is less an indictment, I think, on him and more just the nature of circumstances at that time. And you saw a lot of quarterbacks fall. I don't think they had a quarterback or a running back. They had one quarterback, and like nobody started going off the board mm-hmm. until later in the draft. Uh, you know, that every dude, I looked at the first round picks, I knew I'd heard of two people. One was the offensive tackle dude that went to NC State, and the other one was Kenny Pickett. And I had never heard of any of the other guys. So, I mean, like, not that I necessarily probably would have anyway, but you know, usually in the first round, you know, four or five guys from the national championship game or something that are going in the draft. And I didn't know anybody. So it's just a weird draft in general. Oh boy, being in Washington, being a quarterback just doesn't bode well for anybody's career. I mean, Tom Brady, if he had been drafted by Washington, I don't think anybody knows who the hell he no is. No chance. You know, so I just I don't know, man. Um Maybe they can turn a few things around. Ron Rivera seems to be the uh, first guy we've had in a while in any, any sense, so we'll see. But I mean, there's a lot going on, and I think when you look at quarterbacks, I think Mitch has a good opportunity uh, with the Steelers. Dude, I think- how wild is that, though, that they drafted uh- – was it Pickett? Yeah, they, they think that Pickett's going to contend for the starting I, job. I, I would love to see this, how it's going to go. I think Mitch really didn't get a good chance. Yeah. And I think it's amazing uh, how he went to Buffalo, set out a year, and then all of a sudden he becomes pretty hot. And, uh, I, you know, we'll see. I mean, I know Mitch is going to put up a battle, and I'd like to see him out there. Uh, but we'll see. I would like to see him get a good opportunity. Dude, me too. And that would be great. Um, I know there's a lot going on in the NFL. Do you see uh, DeAndre ha- – uh, Oh, Hopkins. Hopkins, yeah, dude. Just, I don't. I mean, doing steroids, and then you see his response. To and that? Basically, like, yeah, dude. I don't know what happened. He said, I'll, "I'll see you week seven. I'll see you week seven. I mean, that's. I guess that's what you say when you're just like, <laughs> well, <laughs> where else are going to see you? I can't play for six <laughs> weeks. That was weird, man. And 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 this is the thing to me. And you know this because you've been in pro sports, but like. Is it really that hard? Is there really stuff in there that you could potentially like take over the counter and not realize that you've taken a banned substance? A hundred percent. Okay. And people people think there's some things that when you test positive for, there's like, okay, this guy was he was got. Okay, like pseudofedrin. I mean, Sudafed. Uh-huh. Uh You know, you take that's in any you know cold. Medicine. You can't take Sudafed. You can't take Sudafed. Wow. You will get popped. Um, you know, that is one. If you take it right before a drug test, you can test positive for something. But there's a lot of different things, and you know, a lot of things that people test positive for. Uh, they aren't in the actual supplement. What they are is they're um, they're in the you know, this big manufacturing place that makes a lot of supplements. So it gets in the air and then it contaminates huh. a lot of supplements. That's what a lot of guys say. And so there's trace amounts, but there, there is guys, I mean, there's certain things that you test positive for where, you know, you test positive, like, listen, buddy, 
we know we got your ass. You're on the sauce. Like what you tested positive for, this is nothing that's going to be contaminated. You're not. We're not going to appeal this. Okay, you did the you did the crime. Now do the time. This kind of seems what happened with Hopkins, and I know he's coming out and he's made this big statement. But for me, uh, it kind of says it all when he said, I'll see you all week seven. And, you know, just the response to that sleep and how bad we make these baseball players like Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and all these guys who did steroids back in the day and how we've just hung them, you know, taking them to the cleaners. How could you? And in football, it's just like, yeah, I'll see you week seven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, then it's like we don't hear about this. Like we heard about Hopkins testing positive, and all of a sudden everyone's moved on. But in baseball, we feel a, a need just to drag this out. And, you know, I, I hate it. I mean, in some some ways, sleep, I miss the days when guys were juicing. Dude, I'm saying there's like some meme floating around the Internet. Like, let's bring it back, man. Let's see how high a human can really jump, you know? I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, I think it's it's like – it's it's wrong, I guess, but like, hey, listen, it's kind of like it's one of those like the the mentality that hey, this ain't my problem. If some dude wants to juice up and look like a just uh you know an incredible Hulk, then that's on them. Like, it's wrong to sort of turn a blind eye to that, I think. But like, part of me's like, bro, baseball was a hell of a lot more fun when dudes are hitting the balls out of stadium. I mean, <laughs> hey, stadiums were packed, and uh, you know, let's not. I mean, let's keep it let's keep it honest. Nobody ever watched cycling. Uh-uh. Lance Armstrong yeah. was juiced to the yeah. gills. I mean, yeah. this guy did more than, uh, you know, Mr. Olympia. And uh, he was up there. Hell, we all tuned into that. I mean, if LeBron James pops a couple pills and 40 years old starts dunking from the three-point line, I'm going to go see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm just being honest about it. And, it's, like, here's the, here's the challenge with steroids of, or, or performance, PEDs, whatever you want to call them, is if you've got – good players that take them to be great, the trickle-down effect mm-hmm. is you force the players that are on the fringe, and this is their livelihood, to take them to survive. Yeah, And that's really the challenge. Football is a, is a lot the same way, right? Like, you've got all this time and all this money invested. People mm-hmm. don't realize, like, how expensive it is to be an entry-level player in a professional league because you're not getting paid the big money, and especially in baseball – when you when you're a, in class A, you're literally making like 600. I don't know what you're making now, but when I was in when I was coming out of college, I had some buddies that were in like class A making like 600 bucks a month, and like their their families have to subsidize their lives because you you're riding around on a bus and blah blah blah. And if your guy next to you is a first round pick and or a third round pick or something, and he's juicing because he's trying to you know you know stay uh, you know keep an edge and get to the next level. Like you have no choice but to do that to compete to make up for the difference in talent. And so that's the real, in my opinion, is the root issue of the problem with steroids. Honestly, if you just look at it in a vacuum and if some dudes are like willing to put themselves through that, like, dude, whatever. I mean, who am I to stop them? I mean, people eat a certain way. They they drink certain things. They exercise a certain way. People do what they think they need to do to be the best version of themselves. And if somebody says that steroids in which that you can't necessarily prove with any certainty that it has some negative long-term effect, we all kind of think it does. I'm pretty sure there's some science that, that backs that up. I don't know. But I don't really have a problem with that. It's just the implications of it on other people um, is is really the root cause. So like the Hopkins thing is really interesting to me because I think he's likable. Um, I think he's a really good player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got some like I got some rookie cards of some other 
Cardinals receivers. <laughs> so I was just like, all right, man, I'll see week seven. You take your time, buddy. <laughs> yeah. See if old Mondre Stevenson can break out or whoever they got. You know, this happens all across sports. You saw John Collins uh, for Atlanta Hawks mm-hmm. a couple years ago, or a year or two ago. He got busted. And I think he got busted for something. I asked, you know, a trainer of mine. I said, "Hey, uh, he bu- he got busted for this." He's like, "Listen, that guy was juicy. He mm. knew what he was doing." Um, but it, it it does make an interesting point. You bring it up. You know, for me, you know, when when I look at this and what I would see uh, a professional is, you know, somebody that's getting older and mm-hmm. you know on the back end of their career has a family and all of a sudden the organization drafts a young guy who is, you know, 22, 21 and just has a ton of energy and he's trying to fight for that last last contract or whatever it is, just, you know, a couple more years to financially set his family up mm-hmm. for, you know, years down the line. You know, that's where I see somebody, you know, or somebody getting over an injury. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting topic. And, you know, if I were to you know, break down the drug testing policy. You know, there's some things on there that we should probably shouldn't test for, and they've taken away marijuana. Really, is marijuana, you know, a performance-enhancing substance, or is it more a stereotype that people should mm-hmm. be doing it? Um, but the NBA has stopped testing for that, and I'm not a av- – I don't, you know, smoke weed or whatever. But, uh, I, you know, personally, I don't think we should allow uh, steroid use just because what it does to the body. Yeah. I can only imagine uh, – you know, the pressure that athletes would, you know, have to be under to take it if they weren't. Uh, and there's a lot of side effects to that. And I think you would, you know, we'd start to see about that. But, you know, it brings up a point, you know, the best time in baseball seemed to be during the steroid era. Good Lord. And, and look, to, to be very clear, I am all for, you know, banning steroids. Banning <laughs> it's insurance policies right. we're putting right. out. Hey, uh, all, all, all state, um, just, yeah, no, nah, I ain't for it. But all I'm saying is, is like, the you know because look it, it look at this point if you say you know like the NBA banned a certain kind of headband right the one they for a while there remember when everybody was wearing them karate style headbands mm-hmm. look they banned it it's the rule you can't wear it anymore there was yeah. a time where you had to wear a certain color shoes and certain colors like that's the rule it might be stupid I don't think that a steroid rule is necessarily stupid all I'm saying is I understand why people do them and then I also understand and sympathize with the people that get put in bad situations because other people do them mm-hmm. and that's part of the reason in addition to you know whatever science says about steroids that, that they they can't really be a part of sports. It's always interesting. Like there's the deny, deny, deny. There's the people that just shut the hell up. There's the people that just sort of. I'm always interested in the first guy, and it, in baseball, I think it was Andy Pettit. I think he kind of definitively was like, "Yeah, dude, I did it. I'm sorry." You know, and everybody loved him for it, and he was never known worse for it. And nowadays, like people get banned for steroids and stuff, and they come back, and there's really no like this whole thing about um, steroids keeping people out of the Hall of Fame really kind of blows my mind because they look at it as as cheating. Okay, fine, like fair enough, but it's called the Hall of Fame, right? I mean, they, these motherfuckers were famous because yep. they were hitting damn a lot of home runs and striking and throwing baseballs 100 miles an hour. I mean, dude, I don't know, man. Like, I just think that at a certain point, you have to realize that they were on the front end of something sort of, 
you know, revolutionary, whether it was radical, you know, not in a good way necessarily, but like they were on a front end of something that is commonplace now, like maybe go back and retroactively adjust your sort of like rigid opinion of the fact that Barry Bonds was on steroids and realize that that motherfucker got walked 200 times. That dude hit 73 home runs. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of other people taking steroids that weren't sniffing his numbers. So like, what gives? I mean, anyway, I don't even like Barry Bonds. So I just think that at a certain point, um, you know, these guys didn't murder anybody, right? So let them in. I agree with you, Sleep. Uh, it's hard to deny, you know, Mark McGuire and all these guys that had such a big impact on the game and just to leave him out of the Hall of Fame. I'm yeah. like, I mean, we're missing a whole era. And that's the only time I really watch baseball. The but- problem I have with that era in baseball, and then we'll get off of this too. It's amazing how we just wind up places. <laughs> um, the problem I have with that era is everybody crucifies those people. But baseball was raking in money. Teams were raking in money. TV ad ad says raking in money. All on the backs of this product that was only possible because these dudes look like rhinoceroses in a batter's box. Mm-hmm. And so, like, no one else is giving any money back or taking any, you know, I don't know that the that the that the the leagues ever invested any money into like a greater understanding of steroids or whatever. I'm sure they did some sort of superficial, hey, blah, 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 you know, Winthrall is bad stuff. But like they were the beneficiaries. Don't get me wrong. These individual players yep. were benefiting too. But like, you know, and now you're going to lock them out of the Hall of Fame like while you just, you know, cashed in. And I just think that at a certain point, um, you know, it becomes a little hollow, your sort of stance on it when, you know. There's another league that really benefited from uh, Oh, yeah. I know, I know where you're going with this one, buddy. I know where I you're going I think we all watched it growing up. Oh, Monday nights. WWF, <laughs> WWE. Uh, I mean, you talk about it. I mean, guys, I mean, growing up, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, The Undertaker. Ultimate, but half of those guys are dead. I mean, these dudes, Ultimate Warrior, Randy Savage, Sting. I mean, these dudes' bodies were like gladiators. Goldberg. Wow. (laughs) Remember, that's awesome. Your signature move is just like, I'm going to plow this dude. There's nothing fancy about this shit. I'm I'm out here in black underwear and elbow pads, and I'm just going to bolt through this guy. (laughs) Like, wrestling is something that is just altogether so fucking strange to me. Like, there are grown men that love that shit. And I mean, I get it that it's like entertainment, but... Holy shit, man. Like these dudes like punt and, and I've seen some of the documentaries about wrestling and it'll change your opinion of just how I'm not taking away for one second how hard it is and how athletic you have to be and how hard it is to break through. It's fucking show business is mm-hmm. what it is. Okay. So don't for one second think I'm belittling it. I just like, you know, keeping up with the Kardashians is showbiz too, and I don't watch that shit either. So take offense, don't take offense, I don't care. But wrestling to me is one of the all time. Like if an alien landed on this fucking planet and was like, like stayed in a hotel and Monday Night Raw was on, they're going to go back to wherever the hell they came and be like, we don't need to go back there anymore. They are not a threat, right? Like, I don't need to do wrestling it is, If you're grown, like, I would just, it is hilarious. I mean, sometimes I'll be flipping through the channels and I'll see it and I'll click on it just for a minute. Yeah. Just for a minute. I won't stay there long, but I'll be like, <laughs> I'll just laugh and change it. It's funny how wrestling and monster truck races are always in the same place, and they're attended by the same people. 
um, and they're on the same networks, and they have all the same colors, and just like, I mean, dude, wrestling is something, man. We got to get Herm on here again, and we need a, like a wrestling person on here. Mm-hmm. 100%. Like, we need to get, we're going to get some guests now that we're in the nest. We're going to invite them up here, and like, that's what we ought to do is, uh, I mean, dude, McAfee, one of my newfound like heroes, he's all in on it now, and he's been in the wrestling, I right? saw that. So, uh, you know, it's just, I mean, the shit is, is hilarious. And the problem I have now, I think, is like, I had this guy that used to live across the street from me. I told a Halloween story once upon a time about Jeffrey and how he would uh, always take all the big candy out of the bowl at Halloween, but, and I always used to have to ring the doorbell, and I never got to. Um, but he thought wrestling was real. And we oh all played God. with the play, the little the plastic players and stuff. I actually found a sting when I was in Austin, and I bought it for twelve bucks. I thought it was a deal, but I had the he had the ring and the wrestlers and the damn t shirts, and you had like the fake belt. Um, the belt has kind of had a renaissance, right? Like everybody thinks the belt's cool now, mm-hmm. and they just carry it around to like the mall and shit. But uh, yeah, dude, wrestling is something. It says a lot about human race. It is. Uh, it's an interesting thing yeah and sleep you know the comparison that i see to the the wrestling thing is you know people thinking it's real you know and i've heard this is true at um the um what are those things called uh gentlemen's club so (laughs) i've heard that you know i've guys that don't go in those type of atmospheres or whatever they're whatever goes on in there um i've heard that you know when when friends and stuff goes there they're you know, people go out and there's always the one friend that's like, dude, she's really into me. And you're like, come on, bro. I mean, you, how much money are you going to drop? And they come out there down a thousand and, uh, I can take you away from all of this. Yeah. Buddy. And, uh, you know, you're just like, come on, buddy. <laughs> this It's not like wrestling's not real. They're not into you, but, uh, you know, it, it another is, parallel that I was wondering where we were. Yeah, close we won't the loop listen. We won't dive down into that. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's an inter- interesting dynamic. I mean, there's a, there's definitely a, a certain look that a wrestler's got. I mean, it's like wet hair. Uh, they put like really tight things around their arms. They're just like, you, you're going to, you know, you're on the boots spoon. up to the knees, boots up to the knees, underwear only. <laughs> like, dude, what is going on in here? Like, I mean, it's it's interesting. And then you got uh, what's his name, John Cena, that would just wear jean shorts in there and just a hat. You and, can't see me. Yeah, um, dude. I mean, what a time to be alive wrestling. I've, I've never look, seen him. I would do one thing's for sure. So Pablo went to WrestleMania or whatever that was here in. Raleigh. Dude, we got to go to Raw. Yeah, sometime. we got to go. Um, oh, Raw, yeah, WrestleMania is like the big one, a cage match. I mean, I just remember when I was a kid, dude, and them guys were like in there bleeding and shit. They're banging each other over the head, Cactus Jack and all this shit. Who was like, the powerbomb? Was that Van Vader? Ah. Big Van Vader, bro. That was the powerbomb. Oh, he put man. the dude's head between his legs. Oh, yeah. And he was like the big fat dude, right? And he put the dude's head between his legs facing his, you know, his his shit. I mean, like it had to smell like a, the Great Depression down there, and he just hammered him, boom, right on time. I mean, some of these guys look between the steroids and like CTE, they don't give off. Ain't no, Fuck that. ain't no, no can, hell no, ain't putting you in the tent <laughs> on the fucking when you're down there in motherfucking Austin, Dallas, Texas for Monday Night Raw. You get a concussion, buddy. You better, you better no shake it off. There's what, no <laughs> protocol. Who's the other guy that just got the ship? Mankind. Oh, that's that was Cactus Kane? Jack too, and Kane and Mankind. And apparently, he's like super intelligent, like a really cool guy. Like always wore the shit on his face. Looked like some shit you'd see in a horror movie. Really nice guy. Yeah. Um, but I remember the cage. 
I think it's Hell in a Cell. And yep. um, what's his name? Jim Ross. Oh. One of my all-time favorite um, sports announcers. He was on there. And he was screaming, stop the damn match. Stop the damn match. And uh, then I think they put tax all on the uh, in the ring and then just dropped his ass from the oh. cage onto the mat. It was unbelievable. Oh, man, that Jim shit Ross was, is the best, too. It's a different time. I'm pretty sure he's dead, like most wrestlers that we looked up to, unfortunately. God bless him, man. R.I.P. Um, this come just a this just became a wrestling podcast. Anyway, man, might have to like we might have to reinvestigate. I tell you what is going nuts right now. The true story is sports cards, wrestling cards. Seriously. Are insane. They're like one of the hottest things going right now. Wow. Like autographs of these like wrestlers and stuff in these cards. Like these these boxes are going like twenty five hundred bucks a box. Holy shit. Crazy. Anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> wrestling. Wow, it just floored me with that one. We literally did not have that one on the list. Um, NBA playoffs, we'll get into that real quick, and then we'll get out of here on it. So both series tied 1-1. Boston Bucks, uh, uh, Warriors, Grizz. Then we got, what, Sixers? Who's playing tonight? This is Wednesday. As Philly and the Heat. Philly and the Heat. That's That series is over. Heat are you gonna, think so? Heat are going to sweep that series. No way. Um no way. No way if Embiid comes back, not this game, but the following game, and they go to Philly down 2-0, and they get two in Philly, so it comes 2-2 back down in, in Miami, and they have the momentum, I wouldn't put it past it. I mean, I will say this. Embiid's one of the top five players in the NBA right now. I don't see anybody on the, the Heat that are you know considerably top five. They have a hell of a team, but yeah. I wouldn't put it past Philly. Here's what has to happen. I think if, if Jane – I think – the only thing I could fight off of that with is I do think that a lot of people have been talking shit about James Harden. And James Harden doesn't look like the old James Harden. I don't know what it is. But he's the kind of guy that could show up tonight, last night as you're listening to this, and go for 40. Mm-hmm. And everybody would be like, the playoffs, what occurred to me this morning is I was like, watch every playoff game. Like the Bucks looked like shit last night. The night before, the, the game before, Jonas uh, has a triple-double, and they look excellent, right? And, like, it's like the world ends with every game in, mm-hmm. in, the, in the media, right? Um, like I just said, uh, the Sixers getting swept, right? They, the world ends because they lose game one. Um, the Heat, I did not think were going to be as strong as they are. They look great. Um, you wonder without Embiid, like you got to have, got to have Harden step up. Uh, what's the other series? Uh, you have Memphis and Golden State, yep. then you have and Boston and Bucks. And uh, the Suns oh, and the, the Mavs. The Suns and the Mavs is also a great series. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly, it's it's kind of weird because it's like the Suns are this team where like Devin Booker's good, Chris Paul's good, we love Cam Johnson, Aiton is really blossoming as a player. Um, they got a lot of good pieces, but you mm-hmm. never just really look at them and be like, wow, they're scary. Uh, somehow, even though they're so good. Then you got Luka over there with Dallas, and one, on some nights he just looks like, dude, if they didn't have him, they wouldn't even be a playoff team. Yeah. And, dude, he is a monster. He's No one's going to accuse him of using uh, steroids for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, th- that serious sleep to me is kind of the the most um, you know top-heavy to me. I think the Suns are going to blow him out. I just don't think the Mavs really even – outside of Luka, they have no help. Yeah. I mean, they got, you know, you, you Reggie Bullock plays Reggie, for them, and, uh, you know, Theo's on the team. But, you know, they need another superstar. Yeah, like Denwitty's got to play better for those guys. Denwitty's good, but, I you know, yeah. I just. 
they he's don't a, have he's it. underperformed since he had like a breakout season. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got uh, Brunson. You know, Brunson is like a likable guy, but dude, he's Jaylen not Brunson, an all star. Yeah, he ain't an all star. So um, you know, these guys is. You know, these guys come out every now and then and score 30 or 40 points in a game, and everybody kind of anoints them as, like, you know, uh, some sort of, like, star. And, dude, you got to do that consistently. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, those, that series is good. Um, I'm with you. I think the Suns outlast the Mavs. I mean, if Luka's scoring 45 and they're not winning, like, that doesn't bode well for nope. Dallas. Um you got the Sixers heat. I think that series a lot hinges on what happens tonight. I get the two games back in Philly. Yes, if Embiid comes back, but that's a big if at this point. I actually think the heat might take it because I don't think Embiid's going to come yeah. back and be the same. I think that, that Doc Rivers is probably like really clinging to hope and really you know, talking about Embiid coming back so that when they keep getting their ass whipped, he can point to the fact that he was just a miss. Uh, he's going to get fired if they get swept. Yeah. Um, Boston and the Bucks, dude, that series is great. Um, Boston's playing incredibly well. Jalen Green looked great last night. He was also uh, Jalen Brown, and he was also having issues. Uh, you know, damn, scored 25 in the first half. I don't know. He's he was, like 28 or something. <laughs> shot so bad in the second half, he might have taken points away from him. Uh, Giannis <laughs> almost had another triple-double. That dude's in insane uh freaking what's his face grayson got cooked last night sat right on his ass chris middleton's out middleton's out he's he's a very underrated player who you got in that one uh the bucks um but i think it's going to be a good series uh if chris middleton was playing and not hurt uh i would say this is going to be hands down the bucks a boston might win two games but with middleton out I see this can go six or seven games for sure it's a seven gamer i mean bucks took game one they are the three seed, right? And Boston's two. So so they took one on the road. Um, they are the defending champion. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a, a level of um, you know, been there before. And the last one is uh, Golden State and the Grizz. Dude, I mean best this, series in a long time. This in my is opinion. a physical series. Dylan Brooks sleep mm. that was a cheap shot. I don't know, cheap shot, but I mean, it was a hard old school foul. I think he might get suspended too. I, I think he'll get suspended at least a game. Yeah, got I, to because you got Draymond chirping, mm-hmm. right? And I think he has a legitimate beef, you know, because you know he's like, dude, every time I touch somebody, y'all suspend me in a playoff game, a finals <laughs> game, and like this dude clotheslines my guy, shatters his elbow, and they yep. kicked him out. They did what they should have done. I didn't th- personally think it was like, uh, I thought it was irresponsible. I didn't think it was like necessarily like intentional in the outcome. Like, I don't think he was like, I'm trying to hurt this guy. I think it was a hard foul. And he realized very quickly, you had a different take on that before we got on. I yeah. thought he realized really quickly. Oh shit. Like I clothesline this guy. Oops. And then it was too late at that point for, for me, if I'm running the league and this was sent to me, I'd say three games. You know, I thought he in the playoffs, in the playoffs. Wow. And the reason I say that is you can't have guys. And I see the intent. The intent was to foul. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was a breakaway fast break. The guy was going up for a layup, Gary Payton, uh, you know, two. And Dylan Brooks, you know, chases him down. And then the wind up and, you know, taking his head off, basically. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Gary Payton, I mean, he broke his elbow. God, how do you and break your elbow? God, yeah, that's broke, And then that is Holy painful. Shit. So I would say three games. I think it might be two, maybe one. But for me, I, I would go three games because you can't have guys doing that. Uh, regardless, there's a difference in between a hard foul and laying somebody out and breaking their elbow. Yeah. 
Um, but it's a great series. John ja Morant is really breaking out and you know becoming this you know monumental player and a player that uh, the league is gonna. You know, he could be the face of the league, and he's becoming that way. He's becoming a star, and it's fun to watch. 47. Holy shit, man. We were on here last time talking about we didn't think he was all that, but he sure is. His dad's annoying as fuck, but he's great. <laughs> um, you know, Kaminga's getting some burn. Nobody gives a shit to hear me talk about Kaminga, but he's coming. He's next. You just wait, man. He's the next big thing. Dude, he's the next one. So, um, anyway, I got I got Golden State going out of that series, but, you know, because they got one on the road, and they could have gotten last night's game. Um, based on what, what, how things were going before I fell asleep, they didn't. Um, but anyway, man, there's some really, really good uh, playoff basketball going on right now. It's going to roll right into the uh, playoff hockey that we know shit about. But the Canes play tonight, last night. If you're listening to us today, so um, fun time for sports, man. Anything else, Big Hawk? Stay safe. Stay safe. <laughs>